to begin by simply reiterating what pastor said last night that this is a judgment free place there's no judgment here I want us to remember as we go through the different sessions the different topics that we talk about today you're in a safe place here today you can let your guard down you can let the Lord move deep within you because you're in safety today we love you guys we, we want to see the best for everyone here so are you ready for this? Yeah. Amen. I want you to repeat a prayer with me, a very short prayer. Just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I come to you today, and I ask you to take me to a new place of freedom. I invite the Holy Spirit to move deep within me, to bring about any change needed to further my walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You see, what you're doing is you are inviting the Lord to do what he wants to do. And just as we just sang his love, he wants to see us truly walk in freedom. So as we partner with him today, watch what the Lord will do. The session uh, this morning is session two. If you want to turn in your books to that and follow along with me, that would be great. Take notes as we're going through this. Well, we're looking at generational sin, blessings, and curses. And that's a very real concept that's not really spoken about a lot, but it's very true when you look at certain families, certain individuals, you can kind of see a trend moving forward. And as we look at the word sin, it means to miss the mark, to not living at the level that God calls us his holy standard to live in. Now, when I look back on my life, I see maybe a couple times that I haven't reached that mark. Really? Man, it's like every day. Isn't that right? And I'm sure you're the same way. But see, the word says this in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Listen, you're not exclusive to this. We are all in this together. We are all missing the mark. But a lot of times, it's not just us that has missed it. It's things from the past that is coming in to play. Generational sin is a predisposition or a bent towards a certain activity, towards a certain involvement, towards a certain sin. And you can look in family lines and you can kind of see that it's something that kind of runs in the family. Like, oh, every... Every male in that family deals with that. They're, they're always doing it. it just, it's just who they are. It could be much different than that. I want you to look at there's a bent towards something. That could be a generational thing that needs to be dealt with. There can be different examples. Prejudice, misogyny. I didn't know what that was. I looked it up. It's a hatred or belittling of women alcoholism, sexual sins, pornography, that kind of thing, that can follow down. The Word talks about familiar spirits. They are familiar with that family, and they follow that family, and they try to attack and tear it down because that's the plan of the enemy. Exodus 25, 20, verse 5 says this, For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity generational sin of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. Now, where there is a generational sin, a curse 
is released, which means there is a bent or a tendency towards that activity. And a curse comes as a result of disobedience. When our ancestors sin and they don't repent, that door is opened. And the enemy has a place, has an open place. I told my boys when they were growing up, I said, if you never open the door, you won't have to deal with it. But if you open the door, it'll be a weakness. And it's something that you're going to have to shut that door and you're going to have to guard it because it'll be a weakness there. So it may be that our family lineage, someone opened that door, didn't repent, and that activity has been relevant in the lives of our forefathers on down to us. So when that door is open, the enemy has been given legal right because we have opened the door. Just like Adam chose to take of the fruit in disobedience. He chose that. So our family may have chosen that, which gives the enemy legal right to step in. I want us to look at an example this morning of King David. We all know the story of King David. Now listen, I want you to remember as we're going through this, the Lord said, David is a man after my own heart. I have chosen a man who is heart-minded like me to rule my people. And yet David was a man like we are, for all have sinned and fall short. And of course, the story with David and Bathsheba, he committed adultery, and then he committed murder to try to cover up his sin, and he probably thought, I got away with it. I'm good. And yet, after this occurred, Nathan the prophet came unto him. And this is in 2 Samuel 12, 9 through 12. And this is the word of the Lord through Nathan to David. Why then have you despised the command of the Lord by doing what I consider evil? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with a sword and took his wife as your own. You murdered him with the Ammonite sword. Now therefore the sword will never leave your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own wife. This is what the Lord says. I'm going to bring disaster on you from your own family. I will take your wives and give them to another before your very eyes, and he will sleep with them publicly. You acted in secret, but I will do this before Israel and in broad daylight. Again, this was a man after God's own heart, but he opened a door. Now let's look at the chronological events of what happened to David and his family. Right after this, Bathsheba's son dies, 2 Samuel 12. Amnon, David's oldest son, raped his half-sister Tamar, 2 Samuel 13. Absalom, David's third son, kills Amnon for raping Tamar, 2 Samuel 13. Absalom escapes to a foreign land for three years, 2 Samuel 13. Absalom returns without any recognition from his father David to Jerusalem and stays there for two years before seeing David, 2 Samuel 14. Absalom steals the hearts of the people deliberately and rebelliously. He also tries to overthrow his father David, 2 Samuel 15. David flees from Jerusalem with a mass of people hurling insults at him, 2 Samuel 15. Absalom lies with one of David's concubines, 2 Samuel 16. Then to show his claim to be the new king, Absalom had sex in public with ten of his father's concubines. Fulfillment of the word. 
The battle in the forest of Ephraim, Absalom is killed in battle, 2 Samuel 18. And even when King David was dying, his fourth son, Adonijah, was attempting to take the throne by by force and was later executed as a traitor, 1 Kings 1 and 2. So remember, David was a man after God's own heart. The beauty, as Pastor has shared with us with David, is that the thing about his heart was when he did something wrong that God called him on, he never repeated that. He repented of that. But he was a man after God's own heart, but he opened a door. And remember when Nathan came to him and when, when he told the story about uh, the lamb that was taken from another individual and, and the rich man used it uh, as a meal for a guest, David was furious. And Nathan pointed his finger at David and said, you are the man. David was caught in his sin. And the first thing he did, he said, I have sinned against the Lord. And he broke down and acknowledged what he had done. Nathan said, your sin has been forgiven. Nevertheless, because you did this and you opened the door, there are consequences that will occur. So I think we understand that things happen, trends can occur, that bent can be there in our lives, and we have to deal with that. Deuteronomy 28, 45, and 46, Moreover, all these curses shall come upon you and pursue and overtake you until you are destroyed because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded you. And they shall be a sign and a wonder and on your descendants forever. Exodus 23 through 6, you must not have any other God but me. You must not take for yourself an idol of any God or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generation of those who reject me. But that one word right there reveals God's character. You can always see the redemptive side of God. It's always there. Even when he is bringing down judgment, there is a redemptive side of the Lord. So even though this is doom and gloom and talking about all this destruction, he says, but, but. What does it say? But I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. He has only the best in store for us. So we can see that idolatry is linked with generational iniquity, but following God is linked with blessing and love. Now, we need to understand that God is not punishing us because of of our parents and our generations before us were bad. He wants us to understand those that bent or those tendencies in our lives and the way to address them, to deal with them, to shut that door and to keep it shut. Now, some signs that we may be dealing with the generational sin. Think about this. In your life as we go through these different signs. 
You confess the sin, but you continue to return to it. It's something that you can't seem to, to get away from. It's always there. It's always in your view. It just messes you up. You hide it from everyone, even those closest to you. You keep it safe. You almost embrace it because you don't want anyone else to understand it. You feel overpowered by it or powerless to change. It's just who I am. I'll be this way forever. You give in and you give up. The legal rights here is that until we renounce and we repent of that sin, the enemy has legal right to remain there and to remain that, that foothold that he's got. Proverbs 26.2 says, A curse without cause cannot alight or land. Now, as we read through the Word, we come to understand that we are not responsible for our parents' sin. We don't answer for those sins. We're not standing before God being punished because of our parents' choices. Pastor does not have to stand before God and answer for my wrongdoings. And in the same way, I don't have to stand and answer for your wrongdoings. We stand in judgment for our own choices. But the truth of the matter is that tendency may still be there. And we've got to break the power of that tendency. Now, some people may have limited uh, understanding or, or knowledge of their past family line. Maybe you were adopted, maybe... Uh, your, your, your grandparents or, or those in your lineage, uh, they've already passed. You can't talk to them and find out what's going on. There you just pray generally. But if you understand, if you have, have talked to those in your family and you understand those tendencies, that's where you need to nail it. That's where you need to be focused on. In my own life, I remember years ago I spoke to my grandmother. And she told me about my great-grandfather which I never knew. And he was a railroad engineer, train engineer. He drove a train. That's just cool, man. You know, for a kid, that would just be the ultimate. Even for an adult, I think it's still pretty cool. So he would do that during the week. And then on the weekends, my grandmother said they would have to go down to the jail every weekend and get him out of jail because he got drunk, did something stupid, and the police were like, there he is, let's get him. Every weekend. They'd have to go get him out of jail. Sounds like Otis from Mayberry, if you know what I'm talking about. Andy Griffith. Wow. And I remember when my grandmother told me that, I was considering, I wonder if that could affect me. I also found out that my father's uncle, which was my great-grandfather's, one of his sons, one night uh, went to get some gas in his vehicle like a Model T. Like I say, this is way back in the day. And it was the old type pump gas uh, pumps where it would fill up in a glass reservoir and then gravity would pull it into the tank. Have you ever seen those? So anyway, this was at night. It was dark and he was getting gas on his own. He was drunk, my understanding. And he lit a match to see how full the gas tank was and it exploded and it killed him. Wow. Never knew him either. So, 
there is a tendency for this to run in my family line. And like I said, I have considered if I was to start drinking, would I naturally become an alcoholic? There's a very real possibility of that because that bent is there. Does that make sense? Now listen, I also understand that my grandfathers on both sides of my family were godly men. Godly men. My, on my uh, mother's side, uh, my grandmother told me that before my grandfather died, he reached over and grabbed my grandmother's hand. said, come on, mama. Let's walk those golden stairs together. Both my grandfathers were godly men. Which means that that curse of continually flowing down the line was broken. And they created a blessing that flows down through the line. You see, my father's father was a godly man. My father became a godly man, the most godly man I've ever known. I watched him day in and day out. That legacy moved to my father. My father passed that legacy on to me. I'm trying to be a godly man. I am passing that on to my children, my boys. They're trying to be godly men. Listen, it's a process. As long as we're moving forward, that's what's important. But do you see what I'm saying? That curse changed and became a blessing that can move to a thousand generations. But that bent, that tendency can still be there. So what we need to do is to learn to shut that thing and put it in its place. Amen? And if you're not aware of any family involvement in sinful behaviors, just pray about things that maybe you're dealing with personally. So let's look at some generational sin and its effects that are passed on. Three ways they're passed on. The first one is through genes. When you think about it, different things physically, heart disease, cancer. Cancer is a curse. Isn't that right? We need to look at those things and understand that they may be something generational with that. Personality, your likes, your dislikes, uh, your talents, your weaknesses, your mannerisms. Behavioral tendencies, the way we respond to situations, the way we like to eat, our sleeping habits, our spending habits. There's also modeling. Watching what your parents do, the way they behave, very much influences you. Now listen, when I first started dating my wife Tammy, I, I was raised in a godly home, and both her parents were alcoholics and did not know the Lord. So when I started dating her and went into her home and spent time there, I was shocked. You see, my normal was much different than her normal. Her normal was to live in this alcoholism and this abuse and this just craziness. I was shocked. I didn't understand it. Her normal was different than my normal, and she could have very easily walked right into that same lifestyle because it was modeled for her. Thank God she didn't. Amen? There's also the law of sowing and reaping, and God established the law of sowing and reaping for the purpose of blessing. Remember Adam, remember pastor talking about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It was intended for blessing. But Adam made bad choices and made it possible for the blessing to also turn into a curse. That's what we need to realize today. 
Galatians 6, 7, and 8. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. This has been pretty rough, hasn't it? Talking about curses and death and struggles and all that. But listen, let's shift it a little bit. Remember, God always has a redemptive side. Let's look at blessing. Blessing. The word blessing is a public declaration of favored status with God. Endowed power for prosperity and success. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to be fulfilled. Now, the blessings of God, they're available. They're there for us, but we have to learn how to receive them. They're not just an automatic thing. We've got to understand and work the word for our purpose. Learn to grow, to be mature in the Lord. Now, I want us to look at an example of generational blessings. The first one I thought of was Abraham. Now, Abraham, you remember the beauty of Abraham to me is this one thing that he did. The Lord said, I want you to take Isaac, your only son, the son of promise that I promised you, and I want you to take him up to Mount Moriah and sacrifice him as a burnt offering to me. And the word says, the heart of Abraham, early the next morning, Abraham got up and went to do the task. He didn't wait. He didn't consider. He didn't pray and fast for 30 days. He went immediately. And as he had the knife in hand ready to kill his son, the angel of the Lord stopped him and said this, Genesis 22, 15 through 18. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, this is the Lord's declaration, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your only son. I will indeed bless you and make your offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your offspring will possess the gates of their enemies and all the nations on earth will be blessed by your offspring because you have obeyed my command. And then look at his son, Isaac. Genesis 26, 3 through 5, the Lord is speaking to Isaac. Stay in this land as a foreigner, and I will be with you and bless you. For I will give all these lands to you and your offspring, and I will confirm the oath that I swore to your father Abraham. I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky. I will give your offspring all these lands, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed by your offspring, because Abraham listened to my voice and kept my mandate, my commands, my statutes, and my instructions. And then Isaac's son, Jacob, Abraham's grandson. Genesis 28, 13 through 14. Yahweh was standing there behind him saying, I am Yahweh, the God of your father, Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your offspring the land that you are now sleeping on. Your offspring will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out toward the west, the east, the north, and the south. All the people on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I want the people to be blessed by me and my offspring. Amen? To a thousand generations, the word says. Now listen, the Lord has made this declaration to his people Israel, and he's also making it to us today. Deuteronomy 30, 19 through 20. Today I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. 
Are you ready to choose life today? Are you ready to shut the door in the enemy's face and say, no more, no more? Amen? Let's all stand. Now, if you look in your book, there's a prayer there. Now, listen, this isn't some frilly little prayer. I remember in the church I grew up in, we would read prayer, and it was just nothing. It was really nothing to it. This is a prayer of declaration. We are making statements. We are speaking to the Father and speaking His Word. And we are also speaking to the enemy and we're closing the door. Now, I'm going to read this, but I want you to engage with me. I want you to be focused with me. I want you to stand strong and put yourself there and look at the devil and put him in his place. All right, read along with me. Lord, today I repent for any sin I have committed. And on behalf of my ancestors, for any sins that they have committed against you, both knowingly and unknowingly, I repent of and renounce all sexual sins, divorce, passivity, laziness, rage, bitterness, and unforgiveness. I repent of and renounce all resentment, murder, suicide, death wishes, depression, fear, worry, abandonment, and rejection. I repent of and renounce sickness and disease, nightmares, victimization, abuse, perfectionism, stubbornness, greed, and poverty. I repent of and renounce all false religions, including Freemasonry, Eastern Star, Mafia, gangs, and secret organizations. I repent of and renounce all occult practices, including Ouija boards, palm reading, hypnotism, horoscopes, astrology, fortune-telling, witchcraft, black magic, voodoo, charms, seances, and spirit guides. I bring these sins and any known sins, as well as consequences and effects of these sins, to the cross of Jesus Christ. I place the blood of Jesus between myself and all generational sin on both sides of my family. I ask that the blood of Jesus cleanse my family bloodlines all the way back to Adam. I break all contracts covenants, alliances, vows, and curses between me and my father, my mother, and all their descendants. I renounce and break all demonic ancestral bondage, and I bind every spirit which empowers these curses, and I command you to leave me now in Jesus' name. Father God, I come before you in the name of Jesus Christ, confessing these sins and weaknesses which may affect me. I release my ancestors into the freedom of my forgiveness. Stop there. That is a powerful statement. I no longer blame anyone. I'm shutting the door and it's a new time for me. I want us to read that again. Where are we at? I release my ancestors into the freedom of my forgiveness. I will no longer blame them for how I am. I now loose and receive all blessings that have come through my bloodlines upon me and my children and future generations in Jesus' name. I declare that any curse that attempts to come upon me or my family line from this day forth must come through the cross of Jesus Christ and will be transformed from a curse to a blessing that's powerful lord please heal me renew me lead me in your ways that my life may bring glory to your name thank you for setting me free today in jesus name amen amen come on bless the lord yes